Welcome to Quest for You. I'm Janine, and this podcast is here to help you reach your highest potential. I share topics that allow you to reflect on where you are and where you would like to be, that inspire you to think and try something different, and that give you tools and ideas to take action towards a better you. This year, 2020, is almost halfway over, and I think we're still trying to clean our lenses to gain a clear vision, a 2020 vision. And I'm doing the same, especially in the last weeks. I have written and spoken less and listened more. And today I bring you one of the people that I have listened to. Every time we become silent and make an effort to listen, we can learn something new, gain a new perspective, and most importantly, we may change something about our life as a result. And my interview with Amana certainly has done that for me. Amana Harris is the Executive Director of the Attitudinal Healing Connection, or AHC, here in Oakland. Attitudinal Healing is an international organization based on the idea that our attitude determines our level of happiness. Amana speaks about the 12 principles of attitudinal healing that lead to love and away from fear. She talks with passion about how AHC here in Oakland takes a different approach to achieve the same mission of healing, but one that is better suited for the community here in Oakland. And she talks about the challenges that we face here. And if you have not heard about AHC before, I strongly recommend you check out the highly important work that they're doing at ahc-oakland.org. And maybe even you consider supporting them something I plan on doing. Often in life, we wait for a clear vision so we can lay out a detailed plan that describes exactly how we're going to get from A to B. And I think this year is helping us learn that we don't always need to see clearly and yet still can take purposeful action. In this insightful conversation, Amana challenges us to think outside the box and do better. And we don't need to have all the answers to do so. She admits that she doesn't have them, but she goes day by day. Look around. Look at your community. Look where help might be needed and where you, with your unique skills and strengths, can contribute. The tendency in uncertain times is often to draw inward and become mired in our own worries and fears. But Amana encourages us that love is only a decision away, and once we make that decision, everything follows from that. And with that, I leave you to listen, enjoy, and learn from this wonderful conversation with a person that has dedicated herself to add more love to this world. And I wish that it stirs you into a new direction, and maybe it motivates you to try and shine your light a little bit on this world, just like I hope to do with every episode of this podcast. But this time, I also decided to listen to someone who showed me how to do it for myself. Enjoy, and please check out Amana and the amazing work that the AHC does here in the Oakland community. The annual art exhibit that Amana talks about is linked in the show notes. I highly encourage you to check it out, especially now where we really can't set foot in a museum. And I also encourage you to sign up for her wonderful newsletter that spreads pieces of love every time it arrives in my inbox. Enjoy, and with much love from me. Until next time. All right, 
Amana, thank you so much for joining me today on this interview. I'm grateful that you made this time. I know it's very turbulent right now. And I want to start the interview by asking you just a little bit about yourself. Where, where did you grow up? Do you live in Oakland right now? Tell me a little bit about you. My name is Amana Harris, and I am the executive director of the Attitudinal Healing Connection. And uh, I uh, have been in this role since 2015, but I've been with the organization since 1994. I have been kind of the creative producer, originator of a host of different projects and programs within the Attitudinal Healing Connection. So the organization has really allowed me to be very creative and um, and responsive in regards to providing projects and programs that I think really uh, address um, some of our social ills and that really work towards uh, equity and creativity and inspiration and critical awareness. So that's me and my role now. Um, I'm an Oakland native, born in Berkeley, raised in Oakland, have lived all over Oakland, but have been very rooted in West Oakland for quite some time. And so I live in West Oakland, uh, Attitude Healing Connection is in West Oakland. And so I, I feel like I have, you know, been a part of the Oakland community really since forever. And it's been very interesting to just see that the shift in tide, um, the change in the city and really like how I, we have had to be creative and how we progress with uh, all of the uh, change. Graduated from Oakland Tech, 1989. That might date me a little bit and very happy to be a part of this community. I um, have had just ama amazing alliances. I have two daughters, 22 and 23. And I've raised them in Oakland, and uh, and they are thriving. Actually, one just graduated from UC Berkeley. The other one just got her master's at LMU. And so I'm a proud mother. I think we have a lot of challenging times that we're currently facing and that we're going to continue to face. And I think as human beings, we have to be creative in terms of how we evolve. So, What drew you to the work that you're doing right now? What was the path that led you there? Well, interestingly enough, I graduated from CCA, California College of Arts and Crafts at the time. I actually have taught there for a little over uh, 10 years. Is that now. the one that's on, on college by College Avenue in yes. Oakland? Okay. Uh -huh. And they'll be, the, they're in the process of moving to from Oakland to San Francisco. They've been in San Francisco, but they're, uh -huh. they're moving their Oakland site, mm. um, closing that down and And uh, we'll be primarily in San Francisco. But yes, so that is um, an institution that I've worked at for over 10 years. In addition to the work that I do at Attitude Hill and Connection, and actually there's been a partnership between the college and uh, AAHC. Mm -hmm. And so how I got into the work is really my mother. So Attitude Healing goes back about 50 years and was started in a very affluent community in Tiburon, California by a man named Jerry Jampolsky, who's very well known for uh, all of his uh, books and lectures and, and work. And um, my mother started to, to study A Course in Miracles and, and actually met Jerry and became very acquainted in, uh, with the work of Attitudinal Healing. And 
over the years through that relationship, she decided that she wanted to start a center in Oakland, but really with a focus on racial healing. Her and her husband, um, Aisha and Coco Monclate, founded the Attitude and Healing Connection in Oakland in 1989. And with the goal of utilizing the Attitude and Healing Principles, first one is uh, the essence of our being is love. Second is health is inner peace and healing is letting go of fear. Third is giving and receiving are the same. And you could segue down to number 12, which is we can always perceive ourselves and others as either extending love or giving a call for help. So these are like principles that allow us to really do the deep inner uh, work that we need to do to be just more fully present and, and at peace. So attitudinal healing is the belief that we can choose peace over conflict and love over, over fear. That is pretty much how I ended up being a part of the Attitude of Healing Connection, that my mother was the founder of the Oakland Center. And I came on board around 1994, 1995. And because I had just graduated from CCA in 93, uh, I wanted to find creative ways to bring in the arts and combine that with Attitude of Healing uh, principles. And that was really the beginning of the story of how I got involved. And I've been a part of it ever since. Wow, that's an amazing story. Is your mom still involved? She is. She's still involved. She's a a whippersnapper. Um, (laughs) All right. So I'm just realizing how much of a similarity there is kind of between what you shared, the work that you do, and what my podcast is about, which is Quest for You. And my objective is to help people become their best self. And it's... Mm. And, and my strong belief is that our best self is within us. It doesn't come from the outside. Right. It yeah. is not other people's responsibility, nor does our best self isn't really found anywhere on the outside or by achieving yeah. or by buying more or getting more degrees. It's really here within us. And we have to find back to this who we are. So I'm, I'm reading on the website here for Attitude Healing Connection International There is a quote here that I thought I really like and I want to read. And it says, Attitudinal healing is based on the principles that it is not other people or situations that cause us distress. Rather, it is our own thoughts and attitudes that are responsible for our distress. And the actions we take as a result of those thoughts and attitudes can hurt us. Healing results when we concentrate on changing our own attitudes rather than trying to change the attitudes of others. I love Mm -hmm. that. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think that is such powerful work. And especially in the time right now that we're in, where we're constantly looking to others and we're pointing fingers and we're blaming, but it starts here. Tell me a little bit about the work. How do you, do you teach it? How do, how do you help people realize that? Well, I, I'll tell you that. Um, so the work has really transformed over the years because when we started, you know, like there's attitudinal healing centers around the world. So the first one starting in Tiburon, a very affluent community. And, you know, there's attitudinal healing centers in Japan and Mexico, like all over. And, and one of the things that we all have in common is the use of the attitudinal healing principles. And the, the international center is kind of the, the hub that helps bring all of those centers together and also provides um, additional support in making the community aware of, of the work. But each 
uh, each organization is uh, individual. I'd say the one thing about that's different about that Atonal Healing Center here in Oakland is that our central method for inner healing is through the arts. Mm-hmm. And so the model of attitudinal healing, what we found is in in this community, in in particular in Oakland, it it really wasn't effective for this community. I mean, people thought that it was a cult. There was a lot of fear. You know, it was like people were wondering, did it it conflict with their religions and, and, and so on and so forth. And so... So it took time really to build trust in Oakland. And so we've been doing that work to where now, you know, we have many institutions that have sought us out around uh, attitudinal healing and art esteem and the work that we do from school districts to um, housing authorities to other uh, CBOs. And so on and so forth. And and I think that one of the ways that we were able to be effective is that we took attitudinal healing into the community through art and we and we we went out into the community. So we went into schools and we went into housing authorities and we went to other community based organizations and we we surrounded that work with creativity. Mm -hmm. You don't always know exactly what you're going to get, you know, and we found a lot of creative ways to inculcate the message of attitudinal healing, which really, truly is about uh, choosing peace over conflict and level over fear. And our website, you know, really does uh, give a lot of in-depth information about who we are and and what we're all about, whether it's through our, our blogs are through just the way in which we're articulating our programs or through videos that we have. And we've also even brought in environmental awareness into our work. So so there's a criticality that we're also trying to address um, by bringing in the tools of additional healing. But we're also very aware of the need for creation, creativity, making, and uh, moving beyond what's in here and, and right. the arts being like a real way in which we can, we can do that. And so that's one, one thing that makes our organization unique. That's one thing that's actually supported additional healing in Oakland uh, in, in thriving in the community is through the arts, through visual art, through drumming, through events and um, through creativity. Is the organization mostly geared at children and teenagers or is it, all ages. It's all ages. So we have three umbrellas. One is art, one is community building, and one is uh, leadership. And so through our arts programming, we have art in schools, we do public art. So a lot of people know us through the large scale murals we're doing uh, in the community underneath the 580 freeway and in other community spaces and school spaces. We also have Art, art Esteem Artmobile, which is uh, built on a 16-foot utility trailer where we go out and we do public art activities, whether it's at a park or at a school or at festivals, and we're able to uh, engage the public in, in that way. And that's our latest and greatest, and we're incredibly excited about that, although right now COVID has it kind of on pause. <laughs> and then we have our annual exhibition, of which 
uh, I, you shared with me that you were able to actually see our virtual exhibit online. So that's our 22nd annual exhibition so that all of the art that we do in schools and in community throughout the year, we give young people an opportunity to showcase their work and actually sell their work and receive 50% of the proceeds. 50% goes to the kid, 50% goes back into the program so that we could serve more young people and serve serve the community. And so that's uh, what we have actually launched right now. So if you go to www.ahc-oakland.org, you can immediately be engaged and check out our virtual exhibit and see some of the amazing uh, visual art creations and stories and inspiration by young people. Um, also this year, we are uh, partnering with the organization called Vision Quilt and an organization called the Qaddafi Washington Nonprofit for um, Violence. And uh, it's been really amazing because we are also through the work partnering with these organizations to really deeply address the issue of gun violence and how that's been impacting our community. And in 2015, I don't know if you know, but we were struck with gun violence um, while peacefully painting a mural in the community. And one of our artists, Antonio Ramos, was uh, shot and killed. And um, and we were that's been just a major devastation um, to our work and, and to the community. I mean, globally, the the community was in shock by something like that that could happen. And so we, um, through our partnership and, and just through the work that we have been doing in the community, have, have been uh, really thinking creatively about how to bring more peace and love um, into spaces that need it. So, yeah. Wow. No, I didn't know that. That is unfortunate. I'm sure that was kind of a tough situation to handle it was it was a horrible situation it was we, we just couldn't believe it yeah. and there's so many guns on the streets and um and you know a, a lot of our young people are just held hostage in their communities you know we we talk about war in other places but we we literally have you know communities in in, in kids and in neighborhoods just dealing with so much violence you know i i think that there needs to be a, a shift I think right now there's a little bit of a shift through COVID and we'll see how that morphs. And, but in the meantime, there's, there's some in, in the city of Oakland, there's so many good people and so many organizations and cultural workers that are doing great work. And so many people who have amazing and big hearts that really love people and love our city. So I, I do think that at the end of the day, love will conquer all. But, you know, we're we're always dealing with the um, uh, the balancing of it all. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and I, I do think that humans are evolving. Um, it may not look like it, <laughs> but I, I think we are. And I, I do think there's hope. And um, when I think about a lot of the young people that I've come across over the years, Uh, there's a lot of wisdom there. And so I think we could learn from young people. So check out the exhibit uh, this year, like the messages. I encourage everybody to not only view the art, but also to view the, to, to read, read the stories and listen to the young people because they have a lot of wisdom mm -hmm. and there's a lot that we could learn. And they're touching so many issues from, from the gun violence in our community to, to litter to homelessness, 
um, you know, they're covering it all. And so they see what's going on. And this is the world that we have created and that we are handing over to the next generation. And um, I'm hoping that if we can create situations where we can inspire young people to be the creative thinkers and to utilize the um, capacity of brain power that we all have, uh, then I think that we will be moving into more evolution and more problem solving and more ways in which we can create a better world. Yeah. I mentor a girl from East Oakland and I have to tell you everything I know about African-American culture, about poverty, about homelessness, about gangs and just the challenges that Oakland faces. I know through her and she is 13 Mm -hmm. and I think what you're saying is is really valuable because on one hand, it is very sad that our young generation has to witness so many challenging things. But I think on the other hand, they can be our educators. For people like me, and which I represent the majority probably of people that are ignorant of what is happening in the streets, of what is happening in some of our more challenged communities, the kids sometimes can educate us. And I think you are creating this gateway of helping them express what they're seeing and experiencing in a peaceful way. And I think art is is the basic form of expression through art, through visuals for kids to express themselves. And I think it's beautiful. So I want to stay positive. I feel what is happening right now is is opening our eyes. It has opened my eyes. I mean, I've been going through a very difficult time these last many weeks because mostly I'm waking up and waking up to how ignorant I've been to many of the problems we've had. And and this is good. I think it's good. We need to wake up and we need to, because this waking up will spur us into action. I think the work that you're doing is timelier than ever but I can also see how challenging it is with art. So I've seen some of the pictures and it looks like you've had art events and I see the kids are wearing masks and gloves. Are you still convening? Are you still getting kids together to paint? And So one of our programs will be, uh, we will be providing a summer camp through our West Oakland Legacy Project program. And that's that's a, um, our, a program that infuses in, in environmental awareness uh, in the arts and, um, and we primarily serve young people that are uh, in West Oakland, but really kids from all over Oakland. So when we think about West Oakland and we think about the environmental impacts, um, West Oakland is surrounded by freeways. Um, it was in the, the um, late 40s and 50s that many of the free freeways were, were built and that actually redlined this community, cut this community off from a lot of resources and marginalized people. And in particular, uh, the African-American community that has been here over time and uh, between many of the factories and uh, the port and the freeways, the level of of black carbon that impacts this community is uh, phenomenal. Let's just put it that way. And so um, there's been a lot of uh, organizations in the community that have been looking at how to deal with the environmental impacts. One of those organizations is the West Oakland Environmental Indicators Project. 
also partnering with City Cycle Farms, and they are an organization that does urban farming. And so I, I think that, and I'm mentioning all these organizations, you know, the Kadapi Washington Vision Quilt to really say that, you know, it's been a really beautiful thing to be able to connect with other organizations that are trying to do the work that needs to be done in the community. And each organization has its own spin and its own um, unique way in which they connect with uh, the community. And I think that when we are able to bridge all those resources together, where each organization and the way in which they are able to effectively engage the community really brings their expertise and their gifts to the table. And then we're able to all utilize that. So I think that the environment is incredibly important. You know, when I, when I looked around, I was like, you know, there's so many warehouses in this community and there's young people that walk by these warehouses and they have simply no idea what's going on. Not only is it a marginalized community, but, but you have marginalization within a marginalized community. Mm-hmm. And so I think we need to do better. You know, I think we need to do better around how we connect with people, how we uh, uplift people, how, how we uplift ourselves, how we rise to a higher consciousness so that we can really be the true, true human beings that we are. And I think we've been um, bamboozled and we've been given the short stick as human beings. And, you know, so some people think that they're thriving and really they're not. You know, so what does it really look like to thrive? Some of the most miserable people are highly resourced, you know? So I think that it's like, we have to think broader and, and think about what, what does it take to really live on a higher level and to be fully connected and, and, and to be fully inspired in this world now. And I think that we all have to think out of the box. And so I don't necessarily like to be put in the pit of, uh, you know, working in Oakland and the violence and this and that. Yes. But I, I'm thinking about how do we think broader? Yeah. You know, how do we really create opportunities for young people to connect on a higher level? Not just how much you can learn, but also a, just a higher consciousness, a higher vibration. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of work to do. Mm-hmm. And I don't have all the answers. I'm very open to just being creative. And I ask people to join join me in that work, uh, in the work that we're doing at the Attitudinal Healing Connection. I ask people to find out what we're doing, and uh, and support us in in every way that they you know possibly can. I think that our work is cutting edge. I think this pandemic is going to make us even more cutting edge. And I'm looking for creative ways to continue to inspire. We're one of the most like we're the world kind of organizations that that are out there. So we kind of work with everybody from our, our mindful drumming meditations that where people are coming from Santa Cruz to be a part of that. Wow. Um, because attitudinal healing is, is global, we get visitors from all over the world. And so then how do we how do you take the local and blend it with the global? You know, how do you take the local and blend it with the national? Even the the partnership that we have at Vision Quilt is they're a national organization that's addressing gun violence. Gun violence doesn't just exist in communities of color. It's everywhere and it's being perpetuated in our communities. And so, you know, 
we have to really wake up. We do really have to wake up mm-hmm. and, and really understand that society cultivates its people. Yep. So when we see all, all this dysfunction, let's just look around and know that this culture has actually created it. People have to wake up. Where do you draw your inspiration from personally? I think young people inspire me. When we were putting this exhibit together and I was reading all the stories, I was like, oh, wow. (laughs) And actually, over the years, when it's time to put the exhibit together and all the work is coming in, all this amazing work, that's inspiring to me. Mm -hmm. My daughters, I think hope inspires me. The unknown inspires me. Really? The unknown scares me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was like, now is the only time there is and each instant is forgiven. So how can we really fully live in the now? How? How? And how can we let go of the past? And I'm I'm stating the principles of attitudinal healing right now. How can we let go of the past and of the future and really be fully in the now, right? How can I be peaceful on the inside regardless of what's happening on the outside? And how can I understand that since uh, love is eternal, change need not be viewed as fearful? So the additional healing principles inspire me Mm. also because they help keep me grounded. This work has not been easy. I'm not always smiling, but, you know, the additional healing principles have definitely grounded me. And, um, and, And when it just gets out of control, I know that I can really get immersed in what my true purpose is and just and just go inward and get grounded and really understand at the end of the day it really is about the work that we are trying to do our mission is to um, empower individuals to be self-aware and inspired through art creativity and education making positive choices to break the cycle of violence for ourselves and our communities and so at the end of the day, I can really just kind of resonate with that that mission and be inspired by that. I'm inspired so. by it. I wrote it down. I you I have it. I saw it on your Instagram. I've started following you. I think this can be a, a mission for individuals, for many people. Do you have any practices, any rituals, something you do daily that keeps you grounded? Maybe where you remember the principles, or where you, you know, I'm I'm kind of whimsical. My daily practice is in the morning is I have my, my tea yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, I'm engaged. My uh, fiance is a part of AA and I've been utilizing some of the steps that they use, which is, is about releasing fear. So if I could release fear by writing it down and then also incorporate the attitude of healing principles, which fuels me. And also gives me inspiration. And then if I can be inspired by the beautiful art and creativity and cultivation and creation that comes out of young people who are also, you know, creations of art themselves. That's what we all are. We each and every one of us is um, our own artistic creation. I'm whimsical. So you really never know what you're going to get. The most methodical thing that I do is I have my tea every morning. Good. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that's a, that's a lot of people's rituals tea coffee yeah. something to, you know to something to calm yeah. you in the morning I have, to sit. I have to sit and i have to have it and i don't like to be interrupted <laughs> <laughs> there you go it's your time <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah you know there's a lot that's unknown 
And mm. maybe that's good. Do we have to know everything? Mm. Mm. I like that. What's a call to action, do you think? Something that we all should be doing more of, doing better? I think that there are a lot of organizations that are out there that are doing amazing work. People need to figure out, like, what is the cause that they really want to be a part of and help join that cause? Whether you're donating, whether you're volunteering, whether you're finding other creative ways to support, whether you're on the board, on the advisory board, whether you're helping create connections. But I think that I think we need to inspire people to really just kind of give of their hearts, give of their time give of themselves. And there's a lot of people that do that. And I, I, I say every day, you know, the work of Attitudinal Healing Connection would not be successful without all of the committed individuals that have been out there just giving, giving to this work because they believe in it. And so I encourage people to find ways to give to those organizations that have been on the ground, diligent, committed, and And in, in a lot of cases, struggling to survive and to be impactful and to be successful in, in, in their missions and in their work. And so that work can't be done alone. Mm -hmm. it, it needs to be fueled. It needs to be supported. We need to think, to think creatively around where we put our resources. And that's really what's happening right now with the movement of Black Lives Matter and defunding the police and rethinking about how we allocate our, our, our resources. That's a big movement that's happening right now. Mm -hmm. And I think that as individuals, we have to think creatively around what are we fueling? Are we fueling prisons? Is that the society that we want to live in? Or do we want to be a part of a society that really is inspiring and creating growth and, and thinking outside of the box around how we live and communicate mm -hmm. and support one another, how we treat the planet, how we treat animals, how we, you know, there's just so much. So, yeah, I think that. Um, It's a big waking up moment right now. And yeah, I think, I think we have, we, we have a lot of work to do and we know that, The system that we have now is not working. Mm. We need to really think about how we can do better. And I don't have all the answers. I just have the work that we do. Yeah. And we're always thinking creatively around how we can spread our wings and, uh, and do more. I think through your work, you are offering an answer. You may not have the answer in words, but I think your work is an answer, can be an answer to many people. Wonderful. As a last thing, what, is, what do you see for the future for yourself? For Well, you have a marriage ahead of you at some point uh, personally, but for the future of Attitudal Healing Connection, what do, you, what do you see down the road with some of the COVID challenges? But aside from that, what do you see? Well, right now we've, you know, a lot of, we've been talking to our funders and the, the question is, well, how are you going to move forward and do your work? And so we are thinking creatively around how do we can use our esteem art mobile to still provide classes on site at schools to uh, engage young people utilizing social distance methods. This summer we'll be working with the Lao family 
um, organization to uh, put kids uh, to work in local businesses. Um, so I think that right now we're just challenged to be able to still do our work. And so that might mean that we are more virtual. And so we're, uh, we were challenged to have our exhibit. Normally our exhibit is at our space or in some kind of gallery. And this, this year uh, we had to go virtual. So we're challenged to do things differently. We are not fully clear about exactly the way in which we are going, going to do things differently, but we are thinking creatively around what that will look like. And we're also in deep conversations with our schools, our principals, our political leaders, um, our other community-based organizations about what may be the most effective way to, to support one another and also support our families and our young people. Uh, and um, I mean, you have schools who basically schools just gave out their Chromebooks to all their families so that their kids could still learn, you know, families are having to deal with, you know, teaching their kids and working at the same time. Kids are having to be disciplined and get on zoom classes and maybe their parents are working. And so we're dealing with a, a, a very different paradigm right now. And, and also things are evolving because there is a lot that's unknown. And so we just have to stay vigilant and we just have to keep our ear to the ground and we just have to be ready to move in a direction that we have to move in. Mm-hmm. For AHC, we are taking our classes on Zoom. We're also creating videos to engage young people in, in art classes. We're working with our districts to, um, to be able to provide a service. And we're utilizing the resources and tools that we have. And we're asking all of our supporters, our donors, our volunteers. When uh, COVID first happened, we uh, worked with other arts organizations in Oakland, the Museum of Children's Art and uh, the Junior Center for Arts and Science and Vision Quilt. We all came together and we developed art kits to give out to kids and families. Those kids and families are still using those art kits. Wow, that's awesome. So, I mean, it's, it's just like you're handed something and how do you take it and, you know, and, and run with it and, and, and still respond to your community in a way where people can thrive. Right. So that is, we'll be doing more art kits Sweet. and we'll be creating more videos. We'll be providing more curriculum opportunities for kids that are at home and we'll, we'll be working with them on zoom. And then we'll also be telling them to get away from your screen and go get hands on and then bring it back later. And I think that, you know, this is a time to really develop those critical thinkers because they're experiencing everything that we're experiencing. And I'm sure that, you know, 10 years from now, five years from now, three years from now, they'll have a lot of information that Maybe if this wouldn't have happened, uh, they wouldn't have. And so it's going to be interesting to see how things evolve. Yeah. Is there anything else that I should ask you that you would like to add? Well, I mean, as a nonprofit organization, we're always looking for supporters. Mm -hmm. And I'd say that if you want to find a way to support the Attitude and Healing Connection in Oakland, please visit our website. Please donate. Please look at volunteer opportunities that we have. Our website is www.ahc-oakland.org. And look out for the next 
mural that we will be doing underneath the 580 freeway, uh, mural number five of the Oakland Superheroes Mural Project. Uh, you can actually see the original character designs uh, that the young people developed and working with uh, our lead artist and our art director. Take a look at that if you go to our online virtual exhibit, because there's uh, a lot of wonderful creative happenings through the work of the Attitudinal Healing Connection and Art Esteem. And just follow us and get on our um, our e-blast so that you can keep abreast with um, news that we have and with opportunities that we have. And so um, I invite uh, people that are inspired to come and join us in, in the different ways and support the work. So thanks so much. I really appreciate having the, the opportunity to, um, to just share what AHC is all about. No, it was, was wonderful. Thank you for sharing all about this work that is really truly from the heart. And I can tell that it comes from, from your heart as well. And I think that's the best kind of work. And I will link to everything that you said in the show notes, the show notes that go with the podcast. I'll put all the links in there. Awesome. You inspired me. I want to, I want to participate. I want to help, whatever. Okay. Come on, come and join us. I Janine. want to, I really do. I can feel down and I can feel depressed, but as soon as I do something that benefits others, I feel better. And I think it's true for all of us. Yeah, when it we, is. When we can't get out of our own little walls, the best way out is just to focus on somebody else. Exactly. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. That's true. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate your time and I wish you all the best and hopefully somehow we can get back to normal because I think there's so much value in the community and people getting together and I hope we can get back to that somehow even if it's modified <laughs> I hope so too we'll, it, you know I think we will figure it out yeah I think we so will. too yeah Yeah. alright cool thank you Amana we'll be in touch thank you okay. thanks so much alright okay. have a great have day a day okay we'll keep in touch yes we will yeah.